For people that don't know, I've been a business coach for a while now, and I've been in coaching professionally for about 13 years. It's been a game changer in my life. And the guest that I have on this episode, Ryan McKee, is literally one of the most successful realtors in California. Um, I mean, the guy does insane numbers. He has for a long time, but he also used to be a famous musician on the road, work tours, playing with some of the most famous punk and rock bands you've ever heard of. Uh, You might even recognize his name. But what's cool about his story is that this guy hit rock bottom just like me. And from that place, he got mentors in his life, listened to what they said, and surrendered to the winning side. And has been able to build not only an insane business and a a ton of wealth, he could walk away from his job today, but his family's in balance. Uh, His relationship with God is his priority. Uh, He has a ton of purpose in his community. And this guy is just an amazing friend of mine. I'm so grateful that we got to have this podcast. Uh, I think that this is probably one of the best ones I've ever done. So if you're someone that wants to know, uh, you know, where do you start and the heart behind where to start and then just be inspired of how much of a difference you can make in your own life in five to 10 years. This is an episode you don't want to miss. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and download. That's going to help me get this podcast out there to more people. And it's going to help me continue to get incredible guests like Ryan McKee. what's up buddy hey how you doing chris i'm doing good man um we're finally we're finally doing a podcast i appreciate you making the time yeah thanks for having me man it's long overdue so i'm glad we can make it happen appreciate it yeah so the people that listen to my podcast 25 to 45 middle to upper middle class people um i mean there's definitely younger people and older but we that's kind of the the most of them and a lot of them are um, homeowners or people that are trying to figure out how to make investments. And uh, we talk about kind of anything, but the reason why I wanted to have you on is because you, you have an incredible story. Um, I'm still getting to know you, uh, but what I know about you, we have a lot in common and, and now we're both coaches for the core. So we believe in a lot of the same things and we're in, we're in alignment on a lot of levels. So I just, I thought that it would be cool to hear your story and how you got into real estate as, you know, one of the top guys down in SoCal and, you know, and how you balance that with family and being a coach and, and do the things you do with a smile on your face. So that's, that's kind of the goal here today, bro. So why don't we start with that? Tell me a little bit about your story and like how you ended up in real estate, because I know you were like a punk rock band or you a rock band at some point, and you've done a lot of things in your life. How'd you get into real estate? Yeah. So it's funny, you know, every, every time I meet a new client and I'm not wearing long sleeves, they're like, Hey, what's, what's all this about? And I'm like, I swear I I have not done prison time. You know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a product of, of, you know, Southern California punk rock and skate scene. And so, you know, that's really a part of my story, Chris is, you know, um, uh, school wasn't really my, my thing. I wish I could go back and redo it, but I can't, but, um, you know, I was I was 20 years old, 21 years old, and and college wasn't working for me. And I was trying to figure out who I was and what I wanted to be. 
And at that time, you know, I, I really liked hanging out with my buddies and listening to music and surfing and partying and all, you know, all the things uh, at that time. And it, it led into me starting, I actually never even picked up a guitar until I was probably about uh, 20 years old. By the time I was 23, I had already been through about three bands and uh, landed with a band out of Orange County, uh, Los Angeles area. And um, we ended up doing about a 10 year run, made it pretty far. I mean, we played, you know, just about every single state and city through uh, the Warp Tour. We got signed to a label out of uh, Japan and one out of San Diego. And, you know, over the course of 10 years, put out about, you know, five different albums, uh, played with just about every band that you've ever heard on the radio and had a lot of stories and, and all of that. So it was cool. I mean, um, the big thing I learned through my time, you know, doing that was, um, really about marketing. So it's crazy. You know, when you, when you are in a band, you don't think about it this way, but you're running a small business and literally for us to survive, we had to play shows, make money, sell merchandise and figure out logistics. We were, you know, we had management, but we were playing shows, taking that money, reinvesting it into the band. So we were running a small business in essence. Um, so I learned about contracts. I learned about uh, marketing and all of that. The unfortunate part of um, that industry is uh, it doesn't pay very well. So by the time I was 30 years old, I had a two-year-old child and I was in a very new marriage and uh, your shelf life in, in rock and roll or punk rock is, is about 30 years old and then you're considered aged out. And so I, there I was, you know, I had to figure it out. So um, as you'll learn with me, Chris, a lot of the decisions I make, you're like, what in the world is that guy doing? So in 2008, I had the great idea that I was going to go into real estate. So perfect timing, right? Perfect timing. Can't think of a better year to start in real estate. So yeah, great year. Great year. So luckily there's a little bit more to it than that. I, I didn't make that much an, of an uninformed decision, but um, I'm actually third generation real estate. So um, my dad had always been smart and said, Ryan, stay out of real estate, get a real job. Right. <laughs> so um, and in the good defiant nature of, of who I am um, at, you know, I, I, I said, okay, okay, okay. And then finally I, I went and just got my license in 2007 and then in 2008, I approached him and said, hey, I'm going into real estate. So it's either going to be with you or I'll go to another company. And then uh, he took me on. So luckily at that time, uh, my dad's actually one of the biggest, uh, they call it REO, but you know, bank owned REO, uh, repossessed homes. My dad's been doing that at a high level for over 30 years. So I was fortunate to walk in and 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 help him on some of his larger assets and some of his bigger banks. So um, that was kind of my start in real estate. I started cutting my teeth with some bank owned properties and, and went from there. So were you always, uh, did you all, cause you and I are, were in a, a coaching world called the core and we believe in, you know, really taking care of the money that we make and doing the right thing with it. Um, yes. is that something that you were also taught? and did well all those years in the punk band, because I know your, your, I know your life today and you know, you're about as good of a guy as anyone can meet and you, you do, you know, you steward your money well. And, and I just know for a lot of people right now, it's a massive challenge. There's a lot of emotions around it. They don't know what to do. So when did that yeah. start for you? Because like for me, that's why I came to the core. I didn't came to the co come to the core because I wanted to become a millionaire. 
I came to the core because money was scary and I was making decent money. I did not know what to do with it. So I just spent it. And yeah. I was like, man, if I get some guys looking over my shoulder, at least I'll do the right thing with this money. And obviously it became so much more for me. So tell me a little bit about your beliefs around money early on. Yeah. You know, I same, really, it was the same. I was never taught anything about money. Um, and even leading into my first couple years in real estate, you know, I made a hundred grand my first year in real estate and I was coming from making $30,000 a year as a civil engineer land surveyor. When I got out of music, that was my real job. So I thought I was like killing it, making 30 grand a year. That's the most money I'd ever made. So you can only imagine going from 30,000 to a hundred thousand. But if, if you saw what happened during those times in 2008, they opened up the floodgates, but then they also closed the floodgates off really quick with foreclosure moratoriums. And so I went from a hundred grand making a hundred grand to, you know, I had probably about 30,000 in the bank, the most I'd ever saved. And then everything went away and I was literally just dipping into savings, dipping into savings. My wife and I went through about $30,000 in about six months. We had, we, we had just bought our first house. Um, we were spending money like it wasn't going away. So I went from 30,000 down to zero. Literally, it was the end of March. And in April, I had my tax return due and I had to go to my parents to say, hey, if this tax return doesn't come like before the first, I'm going to need you guys to help us pay our mortgage because literally we were going to start going into foreclosure. So literally for me, I didn't know anything about money until we went. That was my defining moment for myself is I told my wife, I'll never let us get into, into that position. So really it was self-inflicted. I learned from the pain of that experience. And then from there, I started being conscious of money. And then just like you said, when I was exposed to the core, that's the first time I've ever done any sort of a budget, any sort of a P&L. I mean, I've done you know Financial Peace University um, through my church one time, and it was great. Like, Learned so much. We implemented it for about three months and then it became too much work and there was no accountability. So we stopped doing it and we went broke again. Yeah. So it wasn't until I hired a coach and became accountable. And literally I've got six years of P&L. So 12 months for six years, I've got that many P&Ls and it's just a part of what we do now, like you said. Yeah. That's so good. I love to hear that conflict in your life because I think sometimes the mentality of people is they look at a guy like you who's really successful now by the world's definition. You truly are in every way, um, not just money. Um, and they, you know, there's this tendency to be like easy for him, you know, and, and or yeah. easy for that guy, easy for that guy if they only knew. And it's just like, no, you, you know, no one was born with the skills you and I have. Like we had to learn them. Right. And, and the, the cool thing about you, you and I is we literally have sat in a room where we've seen hundreds of people go from that story to millionaire. Yeah. It's changed our life. And it's crazy. We'll never be the same. Absolutely. Because we just That's know, right. we know, we know something that we didn't know before and we'll never, well, it's just part of our life. And that's really why I do this yeah. podcast because I want people to hear the story that they don't have to become a real estate agent to, or a mortgage guy. I mean, we live in a time right now. I don't know what you see, bud. I'm sure you see what I see. Mm -hmm it seems like one of the greatest times in history to make money. Uh, despite what the media says with the internet right now, there is, I'm, I'm sure you see it with your clients. I mean, it is crazy. Some of the stuff that people can do from any city in America 
because of this, because of this right here. Absolutely. Yeah. So true. So true. I agree. So tell me, so when you got in the core, you were, you you know, you, you got in the core, you weren't on your, you didn't come in on a winning streak. It sounds like. No, you know, I was 10 years in the business when I came into the core. Yeah. So, and like you said, from the world standards, I was doing great. I mean, we were closing probably it was myself as a individual agent and a transaction coordinator. And between the two of us, we were closing about 80 deals a year. So, I mean, from a, you know, business standpoint, we were doing very, very well. I was making a couple hundred thousand dollars. Um, from a personal standpoint, though, I was working out of my home office uh, about 70 hours a week. My commute home was from my home office to the kitchen, and I was never able to separate work and life balance. And every single vacation was me on the phone, me on the computer, me away from my family. And and I mean, to be truly honest with you, I hated real estate. I, I didn't know what to do because I was 10 years in, but I hated the fact that I could not control my business and my business controlled me and my schedule controlled me. And I didn't know what else to do. And luckily at that time, you know, um, there was, it was, it's, it's, for me, it's always a God shot. I started getting these CDs from the core, from some random lender at guaranteed rate. I don't even know who the person was. And I, I started listening to them. And then God put another person in my life that came to me and said, Hey, um, we don't know each other, but I'm a, you know, I'm a part, I've been doing this thing called the core and he shared with me how it changed his life and it planted the seed. And then eventually, um, you know, ended up going to a summit and signing up. And it's like, literally my, my world went from zero to a hundred within like a one to two year period, just exponentially different. So it's crazy. That's I'm sure you, I'm sure you feel the same way as me as your story never gets old, but it's, it's actually a pretty common story amongst us now. It's, you yeah, know, it? it's like, uh, it's when I, when I came into the core, I just had gotten, uh, I just had gotten a clean bill of health from having stage four cancer. My wife and I were like six months married. I was down to zero and I was, I, you know, I was making some money again cause I was working really hard. Cause I, I you know, I was healthy. I was like, man, I'm going to make a career of this. And I also had horrible work-life balance. I didn't know what that was. I didn't know how to have it. I had sticky notes everywhere. Um, I was working at night. You know, the, the your wife's talking to you and you're like, mm-hmm, yep. And uh-huh. just could not be in an engaged conversation without thinking about work. And and I hated my career. I hated it. And yep. one night she looked at me and she was crying and she had just, mind, the, mind you that she had just given the first six months of our marriage to taking care of someone who she didn't even know was going to live and just sacrificing her life to take care of me. And the best that I could give her as soon as I was better was jump into work 90 hours a week. So she's crying and she says, this is not what I signed up for. And I just, I I, I was like, I'm either going to quit and I'm going to go down to Costco because I barely graduated high school. and I don't know what guys like me do, or I'm going to have to figure this out. And like you said, it was a God thing, man. Someone forwarded me an email of Josh Sigmund doing some call for a company. And the flyer said 40 loans in 40 hours a week, systems and structure. I don't remember, but that systems and structure stood out to me. I like, that's what I need. Got on the call, went to my first summit and it was one of the, it's the greatest thing. Like it's right up there with meeting my wife, my kids and finding God. I mean, it's, I know you feel the same way. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I really feel like for me, it was a def another defining moment where if I hadn't have just trusted the process, because when you think about it, like it's not cheap, you know, you're the, the commitment that it takes to join the core, it's a big risk. And for me, you know, that amount per month was, that was everything. Like, you know, if it didn't work, I remember saying when I signed up, like, if this doesn't work, this is definitely the last, you know, the last house on the block for me. And um, really, I'm grateful for being in that because I feel like I was broken down. So, you know, for 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 commonalities that you and I share, you know, like part of my life is is in my story is is sobriety as well, too. You know, that's something that I discovered um, through my band days. So if you can believe it or not, I actually was on tour for about seven years sober while I had other team members or not team members, but band members that were very active in their separate diseases. So, um, but you know, when you, when you are so broken and so powerless, right? We talk about being powerless, you know, that's what it took for me to start with my sobriety. That's also what it took for me to start with my business is saying, you know what, like I'm powerless over real estate. But what I do have power over is my thoughts and my actions and my activities. And once I surrendered to that, almost like having a sponsor, once I surrendered to that, it's like everything changed so quickly and it just started clicking, you know? So it's just so weird how there's these parallels, you know? Oh, it totally is. I was just talking about that with some friends right before you and I, we were talking about, you know, the, the, pro the process of becoming, um, I don't even know how they put it, but it's like, you might know this, but there's, there's the, where you're not conscious, you don't know what you don't know. And then there's, right. you know, what you don't know. And, mm. and, and the thing that keeps so many of us in the sobriety world and in the finance world, whether you're in business or you're, you're a family and your money's a mess. The thing that keeps us from what, what we want is usually fear and pride. That's right. And I think that Absolutely. you and I have had experiences where we got that beat out of us. And that was a gift, you know, it seemed like it was yeah. the end, but it was the beginning for us. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's for me, when I first joined the core, that was really my mentality was look at me, I'm closing 80, you know, transactions a year. I, you know, making a couple hundred thousand thinking I was a, you know, big fish in a, you know, little pond. And it was the opposite. It was literally like, oh my gosh, like I am literally the, like the bottom level here. And I don't even know if they're going to let me into this program and realizing like, um, man, I'm nowhere near close to where I thought I was. And it was good. I mean, I really needed to see that and hear that and be beat down because it's so funny that my mentality when I entered in with there was, I knew I was broken. I never admitted it to myself. On the outside, it looked like everything was great. But on the inside, I was broken, ready to quit, you know, didn't know what to do. And all I had to do was raise my hand and say, hey, um, I don't know what to do. And somebody's like, great, let me show you everything. Time man like you said, time management, systems, structures. And it's like the whole world was opened up, you know? And it's been that way in, in every aspect of my life. You know, I mean, that's what I love about the journey I've been on in sobriety is I literally just get to ask other people like, you know, Chris, what would you do in this scenario? And you share with me your experience, strength and hope. And like, how crazy is it that like 
it works, right? I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. I should do that. And then my life changes. It's crazy. Dude, it's so it's the it's the it's crazy. It is crazy. I mean, it's yeah. I was telling some people who were like I said, I told you who I was hanging out with before this, and I was just telling them, man, I I've found myself in rooms that I don't feel like I belong in for a long time. And uh, I feel yeah. very uncomfortable. And I said, and I've realized that I want to be in those rooms and I want to feel that all the time. Because uh, if I'm, that's if, right. if I'm not in that. those, if I'm not in those rooms where people are making me feel small, then I'm going to be, I don't, I never want to be the top dog. Yes. It's, it's, I just don't want right. to be. And, and so many of us, you know, that's the thing that keeps us from reaching out our hand to ask someone for help there. I have reached out to so many big people you know, in all these worlds. And, and one of the common things they say, and you hear this from Rick all the time. And Rick always asks realtors in front of lenders, the same thing, but, but it's true everywhere. I say, you know, I'll ask them though, Hey, um, are you willing to sit down with me? I know what you're doing. And, you know, we call this kind of like a VIP call, but it's, you're wanting to get something from someone who has something you want. And they'll say, well, I don't really do that. No one's ever called me and asked that, but why not? And I just don't think that people realize how accessible someone that has what you want is, but man, the thing that you just did putting your hand up and asking for help, that is a hard thing to do for so many people. Yeah. You know, especially those of us that think like, you know, we've made these achievements and we know so much and, you know, I, it, it, I, I'm so grateful for learning over the, the, the course of the past five years that I've never arrived. I'm like not even close to the level of where I want to be, but it's not so much from a units or a volume or a money perspective, all that stuff is great. But from a, you know, right now, you know, I think we're all doing the same projects. We're talking about our vision, our mission, our purpose, and our motivation. And the crazy thing for me, Chris, is like, I've been pretty well-versed on how to do P&Ls and budgets and, and all these other, you know, higher level things that have changed my business. But when somebody asked me to write down, Ryan, what's your motivation? Like, why do you do what you do? Why do you get out of bed on a daily basis and go do all these activities, right? And what's your purpose? Like, why are, you know, what, what, what am I really, you know, what am I really here for other than making money, right? But asking those four things, and it's such a simple assignment, but the results from doing the assignment, like I almost feel like I have such a super clear vision that I feel like I'm just reinvigorated for the entire year. Like, I feel like I'm starting over. Like I just, you know, like just this, this cold plunge type of effect. Like, I just feel like I have this whole new energy. So I love stuff like that. You do have new energy. Um, that's why we're doing it. I mean, Rick, you know, Rick has a supernatural gift and but I'm curious, man, what have you written down mm-hmm. so far? Because I'm doing the assignment too. I'm also struggling with it. I've got some things so far. I, I think I'm close. Yeah. A few of them feel off. But what are what are you thinking about right now when you think of like your motivation, your purpose? Yeah, well, so I, the the cool thing for me is if it's not written down, printed out in my face, like you can see in the background, like I have a, I'm a, I'm a visual person. You seem so very organized. My motivation, I, I try to be, right? Yeah, you you can't see all the chaos that's not on the screen, but you know, at least what you can see, it's like social media. We'll show you what you want to see. But my motivation is um, simple. It's financial freedom. And what does financial freedom mean to me? It means that I never have to worry, right? You were talking about being in fear. That's a big thing for me is, is fear. 
right? So fear of the market, fear of rejection, whatever that may be in our business. So the words financial freedom means so much more to me than a bank account. It means that, you know, it's biblical. Like I want to be able to leave an inheritance for my children's children's children, right? That's financial freedom. Financial freedom also means that if I decide I'm done in real estate in five years, then I can literally walk away from that if I choose to, you know, freedom, right? So it's all encompassing, but financial freedom is my motivation. My purpose is to honor God, create a legacy, and to utilize my God-given talents. I feel like God gives us special gifting. For some people, it's music or whatever that may be. So um, a part of my, my, my spiritual talents, I feel like, is experience. Like God had me go through what I went through in my 20s so that one day I would be able to walk the next, you know, uh, whatever age person is that's struggling with what I struggled with. So that's what I love about mentorship, you know, but I think that's big for me. And that's really why coaching is so appealing to me is, um, you know, my mom was a second grade teacher for 30 years. Um, my mom was the single breadwinner in my family for a long time. You know why? Well, because my dad also went through rehab. My dad was an alcohol or is an alcoholic in recovery. Right. But, um, I saw her tenacity and perseverance and she has a love for teaching. She's got, got special, special gifts, gifts. So, so I feel, feel like, like I've inherited, inherited some of that. that. So I get, get to kind of utilize the best of both worlds and all the great things I've learned from my dad in real estate. My mom's got, got the heart of a teacher. And, and that's, that's my passion is being able to give, give that back. back. So um, that's my purpose. Honor God, create a legacy, and then utilize my talents. And my mission is simple. It's building and empowering others. Yeah, right? I love it. You're, I was, yeah, I was just going to say you're way farther along than me on that assignment. I, I've got something, but tell me what you're going to say about the vision. I want to hear it. Well, the vision's the cool part. And so for, for, if you're a, ta a tactical person, like for me, everything is tactical. I love the vision because the vision is the clear plan. So for us, it's, you know, X amount of families served, how many, you know, X amount of units closed per month, X amount of net profit monthly, um, 18 members, 40 hours work per week, 50 warm leads per month. That's my vision. That's the part that I really, really like. I already speak that language. So, you know, that's kind of more the fun part for me is the tactical portion. So I think a clear motivation, vision, purpose, mission, like it's huge to really, really invest the time on doing that on a yearly basis or else here we go into 2024 and what's my plan? I don't know to do better than last year. No, that's not a plan. Right. So when I think about this assignment, the, the it, last night I, I was working kind of late and I, I, I went outside and you know, you and I are probably no strangers to an empty parking lot at dark and not even. Yep. Right. And, and yeah. there was a time in my oh, life. Not, yeah, for th sure. There was a time in my life where I would go out the door and I would feel shame because I would feel I'm letting people down. I'm out of control. You know, I'm not there for my family because of being super clear on my purpose, my vision, um, my motivation. And because I have a vision in place and I have a, a life by design with a schedule, with expectations, with communication with my family and the people that matter, I can go outside same time of night, same I'm last car in the parking lot. And instead of feeling shame, I feel proud. Absolutely. 
you know, so that's what I think that does that. is it gives you so much clarity to why you're doing the things you're doing every single day. And what a gift that is, man. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And it's interesting you say that, you know, I, um, uh, I definitely am no stranger to being the last one in. As a matter of fact, I used to wear it as a badge and I would brag to anybody on my team. I'm like, I'm the first one in, I'm the last one out. I dare you to beat me. And then finally somebody that, that is, you know, uh, a good mentor in my life was like, Ryan, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, why are you proud of that? And I'm like, I'm like, you're right. He's like, why are you proud of being dysfunctional, you knucklehead? (laughs) Pretty much. And it's like, until you hear that, you know, before I'm like, look at me, that's amazing. I like, I can work 90 hours in a week. That's so amazing. (laughs) Like, no, that's stupid and inefficient. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a blue collar guy. Like, you know, I will just go out and, and outwork just about anybody, but I'll do it with no purpose and I'll do it with no vision. And it's like, what's the point at the end of the day, my family doesn't care if I'm not there. So how can I get more done in less time so I can spend more time with the people that I love and, and, you know, do activities that are actually moving the needle as opposed to just this whole, what's the point thing, you know? So I'm still learning. We're always still learning. I'll tell you a little story and we'll wrap up. Early in the year, there was a loan officer that I've been recruiting, and she's a friend of mine, and she's been in the business about four or five years, um, doesn't have a team, just working on her own. She's pretty good, and we're talking, and she's she says to me, and you know, this is something that people do in your industry too, to kind of like make themselves feel better and take shots at how you run your business, but she's like, well, I don't want to do things like you. I don't want to have a big team. and you know, mind you, right before this, she was telling me how afraid she was because she didn't have enough money and she didn't know if she was going to make it and how many hours she was working. And so she's like, I don't want to be like you. I don't want to have all those responsibilities. I'm too old for that. Blah, blah, blah. And I listened to her. I said, well, let me tell you something. I said, if you think that I did what I did for ego or for being money hungry, you're dead wrong. I said, I remember what it was like when I was working all year long to have that one vacation at the end of the year that my whole, my wife was looking so forward to, to have an assistant, my only assistant quit the week before and having to cancel it and break my wife's heart. And, and I said, I, I did this because of fear. I said, because I never want to feel the way that you feel right now ever again. That's right. And I said, yeah. and, I, and I never will. I said, so, you know, if you want to tell yourself you're too old, if you want to tell yourself all these things, you can keep doing that. But the truth is you're just afraid and that's okay if that's, but that's the truth. It, It, you know, it it is. is And, and honestly, I wish we had more people in our lives that would speak truth into us at that level. Cause I think a lot of people just co-sign on it and say, you know what, you're right. It's probably not your time and you know, you deserve to rest or whatever, but you know, it's, I love it when somebody is like, sorry, but you're wrong. You're in fear. And if you want things to change, you need to go change it. Like, that's not what I want to hear, but it's what I need to hear for sure. Yeah. So, lucky for you and I, we have a, we have someone that teaches us to talk like that on a regular basis at a high level. That's right. In a scary level. Yeah. 
probably the highest level I've ever seen in my life. I, I don't know about you. I've never seen it higher than that. It's, you know, so, so, you know, I, I, one of the things I learned early on in joining in the core is, um, to start facing my fears. And one of my biggest fears, um, was making a call to Rick. Right. So, um, I'm like, I don't want to get yelled at. He's going to, that guy can see all of my, my insecurities and issues like laser focused. And I'm like, I don't want that pinpointed at me. And so it was suggested to me to do the opposite of my fears, which was basically every Friday I was going to call him. And so I'm a strategic person. I'm like, when's he in a good mood? And they're like, usually on Fridays, he's on a break. He's smoking a cigar. So I literally started calling him every Friday at 10 AM checking in. And it went from, uh, Ryan who to, Oh, Hey, Ryan McKee, like blah, blah, blah. Um, and we started to, to develop a relationship and I started to learn things and ask questions and gain value. And now it's a whole different ball game. You know, I mean, he will still call me out when I need to be called out, but I appreciate it so much. And I think that's the, the, the hard part of what we have in our life is we place these people in, you know, our lives that don't call us out on that. They allow us to remain comfortable and we stop growing. We stay stagnant. We go backwards. So I love that. I think it's, I think it's very special to have somebody like that. Yeah, me too, man. And you and I have a lot of people like that in our lives. You're one of those for me, man. And you can call me out anytime. I give you full permission. Vice versa. And Please. I'm so grateful that <laughs> we've gotten to know each other in a short amount of time. We've already done some great things together and I'm excited I love it. for the yeah. future. By the way, did your wife send me a Kuyu t-shirt? She did, brother. Do you like it? I love it, man. I wore it last night. It didn't It didn't have a card, but it had McKee and your wife's name. And I was like, I think Ryan McKee sent this to me. Thank you so much. Please tell her I said Good. thank you. Well, thank you. I mean, it's that's a small token of what I owe you. And, you know, I just like I said, you've been super impactful in my life. I know it's just the beginning of what we're doing together, but um, I just appreciate who you are. And like I said, we're we're it's a long journey we'll be taking together, but I'm glad you liked it. So. Well, bro, thanks for taking some time on your Friday. I know people are going to get a ton of value out of this. Uh, I got a ton of value out of it, so I really appreciate you. Yeah, thanks again for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, bud. Thank you.